I have a serious question for you. Why is the world of wellness so serious? It's all about discipline, willpower, all work and no play. And to be honest, the focus seems to be much more on how we look than how we feel. These impossible standards can feel like a full-time job, but it doesn't have to. Welcome to Part-Time Wellness, the podcast where we redefine wellness and create health habits that enhance our life, not overtake it. I'm Chelsea Eithoven, a wellness coach for women with ADHD, late diagnosed ADHD or myself, and your biggest cheerleader. I believe that you can have it all. You can experience a life of fulfillment, joy, and play, along with thriving health and wellness. You can have your cake and eat it too. Why else would you make a cake? ADHDers deserve to experience the feeling of thriving, not just surviving. So together, we'll explore the world of wellness and life in general with ADHD. Don't forget to subscribe and let's dive in. We've got a lot to chat about. Hey, hey guys, welcome to Part-Time Wellness, previously known as Vibrancy with ADHD. I'm Chelsea Eithoven, your host, and I'm so excited for you to hear today's interview. We're going to be talking all things entrepreneurship, wellness, and ADHD with Anne-Marie Espina, who is an ADHD transformational coach for entrepreneurs. But before we get into that, I think that some of you are probably thinking that I have some splaining to do, (laughs) because you probably noticed either one of two things. You might have noticed, number one, that I totally ghosted the podcast and have been gone for a while, and you're probably like, where did she go? But more likely, you probably didn't notice at all and just forgot about me, which I'm not offended, by the way. That happens to me all the time with my podcasts. But you noticed today when you saw a podcast that looked like a brand new podcast, you're like, what is that? I never subscribed to that. And then you might have realized, wait, that's Chelsea. What is going on here? So I thought I would just talk a little bit before we get into the episode about the changes, right? The changes and the big gap in between the last episode. So I'm recording this and posting this in March. My last episode was in November. So quite a big gap. So let's talk about it. I honestly, before I got on and recorded this, was just thinking of all the excuses and the ways, you know, kind of like the dog ate my homework type of thing of how I could explain the big gap between the last podcast and this podcast. And really, there's no need for an excuse because I was thinking about it and I was like, these are my people. These are my people. They're other ADHDers. They understand, right? And it's also such a testament to what consistency can look like for an ADHDer, right? Sometimes we hit a roadblock in whatever. Maybe it's our wellness habits. Maybe it's a podcast. (laughs) And we hit a roadblock and it stops us for a while, right? And all I know is there is a difference between past me and current me. And the difference is that past me, if I would have gotten to the point where it's been four months since I've dropped a podcast, I would be feeling all kinds of shame and all these thoughts about myself and believing these things about myself, such as, gosh, I can never follow through with anything. I can never be consistent with anything. Gosh, Chelsea, what is wrong with you? Just all these terrible, mean thoughts about myself, right? And I probably would be feeling so much shame that I would want to hide into a little hole and just not do the podcast anymore, right? And be done with it. And that was past me, though. Current me 
really doesn't have any kind of emotions about the fact that I fell off the planet for four months and didn't post a podcast for four months. It's no big deal. It's emotionally neutral. And something I know about myself now is if I decided that the podcast is something I want to do, even if I took a break, and even if that break was way longer than I anticipated, one thing I know about myself is if I say I'm going to get back to it, I will get back to it. And that level of self-trust, I share this with you because it's just mind-blowing to me that I can feel this way about myself. It just is such a testament to my own growth. And so I wanted to share that with you guys because consistency is something we talk about a lot on this podcast, right? What does it look like with ADHD? Sometimes it looks like you're doing a thing really well for a really long time. You fall off the wagon for a little bit and without any drama, you just get back on when you're ready. So that is what we're doing. And like I said, there is some big branding changes around here. And really the reason for the changes is that I just wanted it to be a little bit more cohesive with the rest of my branding, right? My Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all that good stuff is all part-time wellness. So it would just be so much easier to find me overall and have everything with one name. So we changed the name. We also changed the branding to represent what we believe in here a little bit more. And that is playfulness and fun, right? Really bringing in lots of play and fun and a new way of looking at wellness, not so serious. Something else I really want to bring into the part-time wellness world and the podcast and what I share with you guys is the idea of duality and really understanding the duality of ADHD and life in general. ADHD comes with both strengths and weaknesses. And what I want to do is help you leverage your strengths and find accommodations or workarounds for your weaknesses. And that's in the area of wellness, but also overall life. We're opening up this podcast to talk about all things life with ADHD, because I don't think wellness is just what we eat and how we exercise and if we drink enough water, right? Those are really big, important things for physical wellness, but I think it's also about giving ourselves guilt-free rest, understanding when we need rest, right? Building a support system around us, incorporating lots of play and fun, and really judging our wellness by how much we're enjoying our life and how energized and vibrant we feel on a day-to-day -day basis. So that's it. That's the changes. I don't want to go too deep into it because I want to get to our interview today. So in our interview today with Anne-Marie, this is going to be so good. We really interweave the two topics of entrepreneurship and wellness. And there is so much goodness to share with you. Anne-Marie talks about what makes ADHDers really great entrepreneurs. We talk about go for the no, which is actually a concept of seeking out rejection and failure. And it's really changed my mind about failure. It was so genius. I love that she shared that with us. We talk about using a strengths-based approach. So seeing yourself as whole the way you are and not needing to change to feel worthy, which is so powerful for us ADHDers. So we're going to talk about entrepreneurship, but a lot of this stuff is relevant whether or not you are an entrepreneur. Just a quick little side note too. This was recorded on 11-11, so we will be referring to the podcast as Vibrancy with ADHD because I didn't know I was going to have this big gap in between the podcasts at this time. So that's just an FYI for you. 
And one more FYI, it is actually Anne Marie's birthday. So if you're listening to this on the day that it drops, March 18th, go to Anne Marie's Instagram. We'll put it in the show notes and wish her a happy birthday and tell her something you enjoyed about the show because I'm sure she would absolutely love it. Okay, guys, I'm so excited to continue this journey with part-time wellness with you, but I'm going to stop blabbering for now and let you get on to the episode. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy sitting in on this conversation between Anne-Marie and I about all things wellness, entrepreneurship, and ADHD. You guys, we have such a special guest today. I'm so excited for Anne-Marie Espina to share all of her knowledge with us. So she is a transformational coach for ADHD entrepreneurs. And honestly, I just saw her and listened to her podcast and just decided to shoot her a DM and was like, I love your stuff. We need to collaborate. (laughs) So sometimes impulsivity can be a good thing and lead to good things because here we are. And welcome, Anne-Marie. I'm so happy to have you here. Oh, thank you so much. So excited to be here. I freaking love your energy so much. So when you sent me a voice note, I was like, heck freaking yeah. (laughs) Yes. I'm so excited. I try to keep this quick, but I like to blabber. So just a rapid fire round to get to know you a little bit before we dive into the good stuff. So what is your latest hyper focus? Just your latest obsession? Mm, Yeah, my latest obsession is like, honestly, I've always been super interested in the gym. And so my latest obsession is like going all in hyper focusing on my gym workouts and tracking all the food that I'm eating because I'm just like super ready for like next level results. Love it. What do you do at the gym? Like, what's your thing? Like weightlifting or? Oh, I am like a total meathead. I said to one of my girlfriends, I was like, I think if I came back in a guy's body, I would like a, a meathead at the gym. She's like, you are. I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so I literally love. And so I was training for a really long time, just like, kind of in kind of out for probably like three or four years like I was going you know three or four days a week and now I'm like fully in fully committed I'm like tracking all my workouts making sure I'm like lifting heavier every single time like going and really pushing myself so so much fun I love it I love it and I think that's super cool because I think we have a lot in common but there's also a lot of things about us that are so different I'm so go with the flow I hate tracking anything and so I like offering that perspective to people and being like you know, if you have ADHD, it doesn't just look like this. It can look like this too, you know? Mm -hmm. So I love that. Awesome. One side note I want to say to that, I think it's super important too, because for a long time I had this narrative and story that I wasn't a committed person because of my ADHD and I couldn't do these tracking kind of things that other people could do. Right. And so now I'm in this space where I, I have been doing that and I'm like, damn, I can do this. I can hyper-focus on it and it's tons of fun. So yeah. 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 (laughs) That's such a good point too. Cause our limiting, like that could be a limiting belief of our ADHD doesn't mean, you know, there's not anything that's limited. Right. So that's such a good point. I love that. Speaking of what is your ADHD superpower? Wing it, Wendy. For sure. I saw somebody <laughs> post that the other day. It was like all, all the superheroes. And I don't know. They had all the names of it. And I can't remember what all of them were. It was Coach Brooke. Um, she posted something and I just like cracked up. And it was like all these superheroes names. And I was like, oh my God, I am wing it Wendy. Like 100%. That's my superpower. All my friends are like, how do you do that? I'm like, I'm better 
like on my toes. <laughs> yes. I love that. And I admire that. Like I told you, I'm trying to cultivate that skill right now. Amory and I recorded a podcast for her podcast right before this. And now we're doing one for my podcast. So I'm trying to learn how to wing it and drop the control freakness. <laughs> <laughs> You're nailing it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. What is the most impactful book you've ever read? Oh my gosh. That's a really hard question. I would probably actually say the one that I'm reading right now, which is Scattered Minds by Gabor Mate. And it was so important and impactful because have you read it? No, I no. I feel like I've seen it. Is it about ADHD? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to get it. It's amazing. He talks a lot about the origins of ADHD and on how it shows up and why some siblings have it and some siblings don't. And it's just like totally transformed the way that I view ADHD. And he talks a lot about family trauma and like small traumas, like big traumas, little traumas, whatever, and how that actually impacts and not having proper attunement with the parents and how that plays out into your adult life and the brain development. It's super crazy, mind blowing. Um, and I liked it because I realized for myself when I started dealing with a lot of my past traumas that I was avoiding feeling when I allowed myself to feel them, I actually noticed my symptoms, quote unquote, of ADHD started to get a lot better. My symptoms are not as bad as they used to be anymore. So yeah, recommend that book. Dude, that is freaking incredible. I'm so sold. I'm going to like go on Amazon right after this and purchase it because I definitely want to read that. Yeah. That's so interesting in the connections to with past traumas and kind of moving through those emotions. Ooh, I can't wait to read that. Thank you for sharing that. Okay. Super good. What's your favorite food? Oh my God. I literally love food, but probably my number one is pizza. I'm obsessed with pizza. I knew you were going to say pizza. I don't know why. It's just like, <laughs> what's yours? Pizza? Pizza. I love pizza. And, uh, I don't know. I'm such a foodie. I like so many things, but pizza pretty much like I'll never refuse pizza. You know, <laughs> I'm always down for pizza. Oh, straight up. I'm the exact same. I love like all the foods. Like food is one of my love languages, like hands down. Same, same. Okay. And last question. Um, do you have any kind of morning routine or ritual? What do your mornings look like? I'm just always interested oh, in what people do in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. My mornings actually lately have been getting out of bed. I have my instant coffee, which is like caramel dark chocolate. And I make that. I have my oatmeal. And then I sit down on the couch and I eat it. And I practice my Spanish. And then I go to the gym. <laughs> I love it. I, that's just so fun. Yeah. And um, do you want to tell everybody where you live? I want to come visit you. Yeah. Oh my God, you have to. <laughs> so yeah, I have picked up my life. I've always been somebody who's like obsessed with traveling and moving and experiencing life to the absolute freaking fullest that you can. So I have just recently moved to Tulum, Mexico, which is so freaking exciting. Oh my gosh. You are literally living out my like ADHD years dreams right now. Like if I could just hop from country to country and I don't want to say if I could just, I will. At one point. <laughs> oh my gosh. Honestly, up. it's so much fun here. And that's why I'm learning Spanish. And it's great because they're still on a date with a guy who didn't speak any English. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> I had a great Spanish lesson. <laughs> oh my gosh. I've always thought about that. Like, that's going to be so hard. How was the date? Was it good? 
or was it weird? <laughs> yeah, it was fine. It was on Google Translate. He asked me straight away. He was like, are you really uncomfortable? And I was like, no, I'm fine. Why are you? He was like, uh, a little bit. <laughs> I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Google Translate saves the day. Otherwise, it definitely wouldn't have gone. <laughs> That's amazing. I love it so much. That's so freaking cool. Okay, so. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so what I really loved about you was uh, when I first found you, I felt like our messages, they're very similar, but just on a different topic, right? So you talk about transformation for entrepreneurs and I talk about transformation for ADHDers essentially in the area of wellness. And I just liked how we kind of had the similar messages, but just in different areas. And also I think ADHDers make incredible entrepreneurs, right? Like, as we know, mm -hmm. great entrepreneurs. So with my audience, I thought it would just be kind of cool to introduce them to this concept. And maybe some people who are thinking about it might give it a try or be inspired by this. So I do want to, before I dive too deep into that, because I was just totally about to like, let's go in before we hit the basics. Can you tell us a little bit about like who you are, what you do, what's your story? Yeah, of course. So um, I am an ADHD transformational coach for entrepreneurs. And so the way that I found myself in this niche was I was diagnosed when I was like 10 or 12 years old with ADHD. And long story short, I had three tests to uh, get diagnosed because I was in university and they all wanted separate testing. So I can definitely confirm I have ADHD. <laughs> um, I did not like the process on any of the times, but that's okay. And so I grew up hating myself a lot, hating the way that my brain operated because I was in quote unquote, the special classes for me and my friend, we called them the stupid math class and stupid English class, which is not what they were, but that's how we felt at the time because we were young and separated from our friends. So even though we had the support, it came with like its own self-esteem issues along with that. And I was always kind of that friend who uh, wanted people to have confidence and like, just go on and do it. Right. And that's kind of how I ended up getting into coaching was, you know, I could see so many people. I started out working with women with ADHD in terms of confidence and how they can have more love and appreciation for themselves. And, you know, when I got into coaching, I learned the actual tools and skills that I could help people to actually have the confidence so that they can go and do the things that they want to do. Because it's, it's not just as simple as just going to go do it, right? It's the, what's behind all of it. And then I couldn't stop talking about entrepreneurship because I'm obsessed with business. And so then I started working with solely entrepreneurs. And then that's when I released my program called the Accomplish My Method, which is totally transformational content to help people go from made for more entrepreneurs into powerful CEOs. And, um, and then I just most recently uh, launched the most freaking amazing uh, university called ADHD Business University. And that's a 12 month program for ADHD entrepreneurs. So it's all business strategy. It's all ADHD transformation. Um, it was everything that I needed in my first year of business in a step-by-step -step way. So, so freaking excited about it. So that's, that's who I work with is entrepreneurs with ADHD to help them like really skyrocket in success. That is so freaking cool. Your story is so fascinating because it sounds like you were born a coach basically like you're like I was the friend that was always trying to give my friends more confidence right like hello yeah. that's like what yeah. a coach does right feel good and get in the right mindset to do the things they want to do I love that so much and I would assume probably also this 
ADHD Business University, do you touch on a lot of confidence too? Because gosh, that's such a big thing with business, right? The fear of rejection and all that is so real. <laughs> you touch on that Yeah, a lot. totally. Talking about like the rejection, how do you overcome rejection when it happens? How do you, um, rejection's not actually rejection. Uh, one book that I read in terms of this was really good called Go for the No. So you actually celebrate the no's that you get because you want to have more no's. So people who actually go for the no have more success in business than people who are trying to go for the yes. So if you're going for the no, you're counting the no's. It's like, ah, yes, I got a no today, right? You're closer to the yes. So yeah, it's a good book. Highly recommend it for anybody who is in business. My mind just went like, like that is so amazing. (laughs) And see, this is why I said that we're super aligned in our message because I like to say like, go for failure. If you feel like you're failing, Mm -hmm then you're on the right track because now you're learning something about yourself and what doesn't work for you. And now you're one step closer to knowing what does work for you. I love that. Yeah. A super quick story. Have you heard that story about uh, Sarah Blakely, the owner of Spanx, how her dad made them come to the dinner table every night with something that they failed at? No. Oh my gosh. Wait, tell me. That sounds so interesting. Yeah. So she tells a story quite often. The reason that she had so much success because when she tells her story about how she was going into all these places to get her Spanx made, she was like young, you know, a 30 year old blonde going into like, she had a little red backpack on. She was going into these distributors or like manufacturers, right? Just knocking on the doors literally and being like, hi, will you make this for me? And all of them like laughed in her face. And so she said, I was in sales too. And I wasn't selling anything, but I had this download that I had to go and do this. And so she like persisted for so long and everybody said, no, 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 no. One guy said no to her and he called her up and was like, oh yeah, you know, I talked to my daughters and they told me that I had to do it because they would want something like this. But she said all of that was trained because my dad made us come to the dinner table with what did you fail at today? He didn't want to know what you were successful at. He wanted to know how you failed today, what did you try doing that wasn't successful? Because so often it's like you put your success on a pedestal, but you didn't learn anything from that. You only learn from your failures. The success, you're like, okay, sweet, I don't need to refine anything. It was good last time. Let's just do it again, right? So super powerful. Oh, that is so powerful. Yeah, that's the thing is we're kind of, when we go through school, having a failure like we're taught that that has a consequence. It does. It, it messes with your GPA. And then if your GPA is not good, you're not going to get into the college you want to get into. If you don't get into the college you want to get to, you know, it's yeah. like this whole fear cycle. And so we quite literally are taught to be failure adverse. That is such a cool story. And I love that her dad was mm-hmm. instilling that in her. I'm like, mm, I want to keep that in mind for whenever I have kids, like <laughs> to instill that like failure is not a, right. bad thing. It's a learning opportunity. Right. And I don't know if Sarah Blakely has ADHD, but it does make me think of some of the qualities that innately make ADHDers really good entrepreneurs, right? We are really impulsive. And sometimes we do act before we can analyze every single failure that might happen, right? And that could be in our benefit a lot of the time. I want to know, what are your thoughts too about like ADHDers and entrepreneurship? Is there any advantages we have over people who don't have ADHD when it comes to business? Yeah. Oh my gosh. ADHDers are honestly like the most successful entrepreneurs. Richard Branson, he owns, I don't know, his company's like 4.2 or 4.3 billion. Lisa Ling net worth is 10 million. Grant Cardone, I think his is like 300 million. Same with Mary Kate Olson, right? All these people are super, super successful. And the reason that people with ADHD are so successful as entrepreneurs is 
because, you know, we're the creatives, we're the innovators, we're the people who don't want to go in someone else's box. And we're like, no, your way sucks. This is how we're doing it. And so literally we change economies. We change things at a global scale. So totally like I have goosebumps right now thinking about it. Entrepreneurs with ADHD are so freaking powerful. And, you know, yes, there's totally people who are struggling with ADHD, but it's amazing to see that, okay, the most successful people in the world have ADHD. So how can I use this in a way to support me? And just perfect example of, of what you mentioned about the impulsivity, right? I love my impulsivity so much. Has it gotten me into trouble before? 100%. <laughs> Are there tendencies Same. that I've had to, had to learn how to manage? Yes. But when it comes to business, I just allow myself to be impulsive because I make investments that other people probably wouldn't make that have helped me like get my business way further ahead. I have, same as what you were saying, I've been really impulsive with asking people to collaborate and it's worked out, right? So it's, there's so many ways to use that in your benefit. Yeah, that is so cool. And when you said you got chills, I totally got chills at that same exact moment because I just think we're raised to be workers, right? To be compliant and just do the way that we've taught you, you know, in every job, like this is how you do it. You just need to follow directions. The way you get good at something is following directions and doing it the way that we expect you to do it. And ADHDers, I think we're a little bit rebellious and we're like, no, I'm not going to do that. And you know why? Because this way that I can see actually works a lot better, right? And that's why, like you said, we tend to be the innovators of the world. And when we can lean into that, and when we're in the right environment, because jobs aren't usually the best environment for that. Like I used to get in a lot of trouble because if I didn't see the value in something, I was like, I'm not wasting my time on it. Like when I'm teaching kindergarten, I'm not wasting my time rewriting a lesson plan that I'm going to turn into you. I'm going to write my little chicken scratch notes and I'm still going to deliver an amazing lesson. You know what I mean? Yeah. But and I also find ADHDers dream really big. Like we have really big visions and dreams. Do you feel that way too? Oh my God. Yeah. Like huge, you know, and that's why I think um, people with ADHD are literally change the world because it's like, we have this huge, crazy dream and it's like, you know, that it's possible, right? I connect with mine all the time. And it's to get my university to literally like a university standard. It doesn't have to be like certified or whatever, but it's like, I want people to see it as, as such. And so, because there's so many things wrong with university for people with ADHD, like the regular oh one, God. right? So it's like, yeah, how can you just create something? But yeah, no, I think that's why I love working with ADHD clients because it's like, I have had some clients who have like the most badass ideas and it's so cool to see. So cool to see. That's what I was going to say. I bet the people that you work with is probably just the coolest thing ever. And they probably have the best ideas. It's probably amazing. That's so awesome. Yeah. And speaking of how college isn't built for ADHD years, we won't talk about how I dropped out of college and then came back and it took me like eight years to finish a bachelor's degree or something, but that's a story for another day. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So what I want to talk to you about, we could go so many different directions with this. But I like how, again, like I said, our messages are pretty parallel because I feel like you encourage people to find what works for them when it comes to business. And I encourage people to find what works for them in terms of wellness and not just, again, trying to shove a square peg in a round hole. And something I've heard you talk about a few times is like taking on a strengths-based approach. Like, what does that really mean? And what does that look like for you and your clients? Yeah. So I think one of the 
huge issues that I have with the ADHD world and literature is that it comes from the medical model and the medical model is in itself designed to find problems with you and it's not designed to help you thrive in life <laughs> and so what happens is all the content like because it comes from that construct and that paradigm all the literature that's published about it is in line with that and so it's very problem aware then what happens is it'll start to trickle down into like content because obviously people are writing journals and books and all that kind of stuff and then you start to take it on personally and so a strengths-based approach is when you look at yourself as completely whole exactly as you are you pull yourself away from that model that construct that paradigm and you see yourself outside of it and you say okay that's your interpretation and because that is outside of me it has nothing to do with me that's great, but I'm going to go over here to this place and I'm going to decide for myself what I think about myself, what I think about my brain and how I feel about myself. So that was something that took me almost 18 years to discover. <laughs> and when I finally started stepping into that, I could see the writing, the literature, all that kind of stuff, just exactly as what it was objectively outside of me. And so strength based is looking at, okay, as a freaking baddie that you are, <laughs> right? What are some really things that make you feel amazing about yourself? It doesn't even have to be ADHD related, right? Okay, if you're somebody who is an am amazing problem solver, you're super creative, how can you start to lean into those skills of your creativity and your problem solving to help you be more successful in your business or other areas of your life? So you know, it's not focusing so much on the weaknesses that you have. It's focusing on what are you so good at? We can like really start to um, pull on those things, really start to build those up. And then it's like you can use those things to help you improve that thing that you need to work on. Right. So, okay, if you're a really good problem solver, but planning is not really necessarily your thing. Okay. Well, you have proof that you are creative. I love that approach so much. And I feel like that just gave me a new way to put a concept in my brain into words, like the strengths-based approach and feeling as though working from the model that you are whole as you are. Because my story is a little different from yours. I was diagnosed at 30 a year ago. And so you were diagnosed when you were a child. And so it's kind of interesting to see the differences, right? But mm -hmm. when I got diagnosed, I was like, great. Okay. I can get on medication. And now I know this is wrong with me. And I know when I do these things that I'm going to be able to be just like everybody else. And that was like the beginning yeah. of my journey. And then I realized, wait a second. No, like that's not how it works. It's not just <laughs> the point isn't for me to just try to be more neurotypical and try to be super regimented. The point is like, this is still my brain no matter what. And now that I know it, I can find people and tools and stuff to help me step into those strengths. So I love that so much. And mm -hmm. I am wondering though, so as far as, you know, obviously there are weaknesses, right? There's two sides to every coin. When it comes to things that maybe you're not so good at, like, uh, I don't know what yours are, but like maybe it's time management or something like that. How do you handle those? I know you've talked about delegating and outsourcing a little bit, and I think that can be huge for ADHDers, regardless of whether you have a business or not. So is that how you handle your weaknesses? Do you outsource those kinds of things, or how do you handle that? Mm -hmm. So stuff that I don't necessarily like doing behind the scenes, yes, I love to outsource. <laughs> I actually went through a period where I was like, okay, 
I was looking for things in my business that bored me so I could outsource them. <laughs> and I'm at a place where I'm like, okay, you can't use that method all the time. I mean, you, you totally can, but I was like, okay, let's just chill out for a second on the outsourcing <laughs> and <laughs> like really assess what it is that I don't like about something. <laughs> so I think getting curious, like just starting to ask yourself questions. Okay. Like if I don't like doing this, what is it about it that I don't like doing? A lot of the time I found that I don't like doing it because I didn't know how to do it. And if I didn't know how to do it, then I would get frustrated, then I get overwhelmed, and then I get pissed off. And so I actually found that if I'm more patient and more kind with myself, um, and I give myself the patience to learn something, then it's like, okay, usually, I start to actually enjoy it. Like perfect example, back end systems, my friend who helped me create uh, the ADHD business university, because it's like this freaking beast. And so she's a course creator. So we sat down together and did everything but she was like you have to have your back end system set up i was like no she's like you have to it's going to be a nightmare like you can't handle a year's worth of content students for a year all the questions that you're going to get and not have some kind of like record to be able to track everything like and i was like ah no i don't know about that she's like you're gonna have to do it like (laughs) all this you want to make seven figures but all the seven figure entrepreneurs will have systems i was like okay you got me and then she showed me how to set it all up and then I started doing it and I was like oh my god I'm obsessed with this she's like I know she has ADHD too and I was like okay I really like this now and so I get excited about it but it was like I hated it so much because I didn't know what was entailed I didn't know how to do it I didn't know the purpose of it I didn't know why I needed it so that's kind of the approach that I start to take now is getting curious okay is it actually that this is not my zone of genius and I can offboard it okay sweet or is it that I don't know how to do it and I don't want to do it? <laughs> I love that so much. That is so true. It is about finding the root of like, what is it about this thing that I don't like? Because uh, a lot of times too, it is because we're following somebody else's thing and we have to find the one that works for us, right? Like if another system, you maybe tried some other kind of system and it didn't work for you. And so you're like, I don't like that. I don't, you know, but you found this one and it works really well for you. I've I've been going through this experience when it comes to just organization with my life, trying to find the right planning situation. And I've started using Notion and it's the first thing that I'm like, this system works for me. And then I'm like so excited about it. This thing that I used to kind of like hate. So that's so awesome. I love that. So when it comes to outsourcing and kind of like delegating, do you just do that with things in your business or do you do it for other things in your life too? Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. So one of my favorite things about living in Mexico since I got here, I kind of have two parts to this story. Um, One, when I first got to Mexico, I was like, first thing I'm doing is I'm going to hire somebody to come and like clean my house, you know, every two weeks or something. Craziest thing, because when I moved into this apartment now, they actually put in the contract, somebody has to clean it twice a month. I'll take my money. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Take my money. Yeah. So it's, it's super good. And I know there's probably some people who are listening and they're probably like, oh, great. Yeah, well, she lives in Mexico. You can only do it in Mexico kind of thing. And, you know, I think I used to come from that mentality when I was in Vancouver. I wasn't making like tons and tons of money in my very first job that I had when I got me. I hated grocery shopping. Like it was like the worst thing I could have ever done. I would always make my roommate, like one of my best friends to come with me. I was like, we're going shopping. So we always went every week together and we'd have fun. But we would go to superstore and I hated shopping there. Like 
just literally every bone in my body just despised going there. I was like, I don't like the experience. It sucks. And so there was one week I was like, F this, I am going to Whole Foods. <laughs> and so I went to Whole Foods and I was like, I'm just going to do it this week. I can go back to Superstore next week. And so I found actually that the next week I went to Whole Foods again. The next week I went to Whole Foods again. And I was just like, kept going to Whole Foods. I appreciated my food more. I just like savored every thing that I was eating because I had like spent all this money on it. Right. And so it actually forced me to improve more in my life. Like, okay, how can I start to create more income for myself? How can I get myself to this place where I, I can actually have all the things that I want. Right. Um, and so I found ways to make it possible for me to start shopping at Whole Foods every single week. And so it's the same for if you are thinking, I can't hire somebody to clean my house or I can't hire somebody to, to help me out. You can, right? It's just about how are you going to be resourceful in getting that done? Maybe you have a friend and you're just like, oh, we'll clean your house this weekend and next weekend we'll clean mine or something. I don't know. It doesn't sound like super glamorous, but you know, like how can you just get somebody to help you or how can you do an exchange? Maybe you know somebody down the street who is a cleaner and you know, how can you do it? And you're somebody who does like social media, right? How can you exchange a service with them to still get what you want? I actually did that. Now this was dawning on me. I used to uh, clean my friend's house in exchange for chiropractic treatment. <laughs> oh my gosh. So when I was in college, yeah. So there's so many ways, again, going back to being creative, like find a way to uh, make it work for you, right? Oh my gosh. Such a perfect example of how a creative ADHD brain can think outside the box and therefore nothing is really unavailable to us, right? Because we'll find a way because we have these brains that can think outside of the box like that and be like, you know what? There might be a solution if I just think on this for a little bit. There was so much that you hit on there that I loved though. I mean, I feel like it's just giving permission to people. I think we, at least I'll speak for myself. I used to think I had to do it all. Like, oh my God, I have to cook, I have to clean, I have to, all the things that are just like being an adult, right? And I think when it comes to ADHD, we have limited brain capacity. And like you said, focusing on a strengths-based approach, it's like utilizing that brain power and that energy for the things that we're really good at to create magic in this world or pursue those big dreams and not spending our energy on cleaning our house if it's going to just like sucking all of our energy and brain power to do that thing and all of our motivation, right? That could be better used elsewhere. So, and obviously, yeah, it is something that I do want to like mention privilege, right? It's like, it's not the type of thing where it's like, if I can do it, you can do it. There are limitations, but a lot of people, it is just a limitation of the mind, right? But not always. Again, So anyways, everything has nuance, right? And caveats, but something yeah. else I thought was really cool too, was that what you were talking about going to Whole Foods and how that motivated you to be like, okay, I really want to pursue this. You knew your why and you found your motivation. And I think a lot of us are used to thinking we just need discipline to follow through with things and that we just need to try harder, right? But as ADHDers, I think we really need to know what motivates us. So you found this nugget that motivated you and like, you found a way to do that, right? And I think knowing what motivates us can be super powerful. Whether it's like, you know, I'm gonna buy myself a little prize when I reach this goal, or it's like, I wanna be able to shop at Whole Foods, which by the way, has always been one of my dreams too. Like, we're just gonna go buy all my groceries at Whole Foods. Like, look at me, I'm like yeah. a bougie bitch. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's super cool, okay. So 
I was curious your thoughts on consistency because it's something okay. that's preached a lot in, in wellness spaces and to entrepreneurs and as ADHD years, we can struggle with consistency. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So I think there's kind of two things here. One, just because you have ADHD doesn't mean that you can not be consistent. Number two, um, consistency looks different to everybody. Right. And number three, being consistent looks like when you skip a day, getting back on the horse the next day without beating yourself up and just doing it. Right. And so for me, that was uh, like huge, like mind blowing to me. Right. Because what I used to do is like, okay, I'd go hard for like three days or four days on something. And then, you know, I'd have a day where I wasn't consistent with what I was supposed to be eating, or maybe there was two or three weeks where I didn't exercise. And I used to just beat myself up about it because it was like, well, why are I doing it a hundred percent of the time? Well, if I'm not doing it 100% of the time, I'm failing. And it's so backwards, right? And being committed to something or being consistent with something doesn't mean that you're a robot and you do it every single freaking day. I mean, yeah, of course, everybody has a different definition of consistency and what committed looks like. So that's probably like the first thing is like to decide for yourself what consistency looks like, what it means to you, and then decide what that's going to look like. So for example, um, like in your business or when you're eating healthy, for me, it's like, okay, I know I need to be doing activities that are going to increase my income or like they're called income producing activities. I know I need to do those pretty much every day, right? If I want to be building a business and okay, there's days that go by and I don't end up doing it. It's like everything on my list gets done except for like my critical income producing activities mm -hmm. or same with exercising. If you're practicing eating healthy and you have a weekend and you go away with your girlfriends and you eat like all of this stuff that you weren't expecting to eat. Okay, whatever. Don't beat yourself up about it. It's Monday. You had a great time. Like <laughs> just keep going, right? It's the same. Like you just pick up the next day and keep going. You're a human. Like consistency doesn't mean that there's no room for you to experience being a human and having that not so rigid schedule, right? So consistency for me looks like doing the best that I can every single freaking day. And we always are right? No matter what you're doing every single day, you're always doing the best that you can with all the tools that you have. So stop beating yourself up about it. <laughs> and, you know, come from a place of curiosity, again, and like self exploration and, and self compassion. I know we mentioned that already, right? But it's so important to just be kind to yourself. And you can teach yourself that. <laughs> mm. Oh, my gosh, that's freaking preach. Like, <laughs> I love that so much. And Basically, it's like consistency is not the same thing as perfection, which a lot of us do equate those two things. So I love, love, love mm -hmm. that concept. See, this is why I said, I was like, I feel like we teach the same things, you know, like the same yeah. concepts. I love it. Um, and I also like yeah. what you said too about like that, you know, what your income producing activities are, you know, what your needle movers are and you focus on staying consistent on those things, right? And that's so <laughs> crucial. And I think that's why us ADHDers, having a little bit of structure is important because otherwise we can keep ourselves busy doing stuff all day, every day, and we're not moving anywhere. It's like we're running on a hamster wheel, right? <laughs> and we'll yeah. do that with wellness too, right? Like I'll see people um, doing something, like they'll have a certain goal, right? And they're spending a lot of time on something that they think they need to be doing, but that thing isn't making a difference. If they would just shift the energy to something else, they would probably see a lot better results, right? But that's about like 
kind of just structuring it for yourself so that you don't get like lost in the sauce and just like have no idea where you're going. Oh my God. Because our, our brains are so naturally chaotic. We need a little bit of structure just to rein us in and remind us what we're moving towards, right? Yeah, no, totally. It's so important to have like just some kind of indication. You can't do everything in a day. So it's like, okay, just focus when you're like with your health and wellness, right? Like if you're just trying to incorporate more vegetables into your diet or something like that, it's like, okay, cool. You know, just focus on three meals a day. You're having vegetables. Like I know you mentioned your, your habit stacking. So it's like, okay, that's all you focus on for like a month. Everything else kind of comes second. And then it's like, okay, reanalyze your priorities and kind of keep going from there. Yes, yes, exactly. And so let's shift actually to like health and wellness for a moment, because I actually thought it was very interesting when I was in your workshop yesterday, which was amazing that you got a bachelor's in health promotion. And I was like, that's so cool. Okay. So you're into this stuff too. And I would love to know what are some wellness practices that you feel like really benefit your business or are like your cornerstone wellness habits that you like couldn't live without or function without? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm like, <laughs> as you say, not a way. I would say like if I had to choose three that are like super super instrumental for me oh man there's still more coming in my brain that's okay so one <laughs> is like 500% exercise mm. I have to have to have to have to exercise Perfect example is like, I think I went away for the weekend or maybe it was like a week. I didn't really exercise like just recently. And I was like, ugh. I just felt in this like very ugh state. And then I went back to the gym. I kind of dragged myself there. And then I like got there. I had such a great workout. And then I left and I was like, oh my God, I could take over the world. <laughs> I just felt like so good. And I was like, I don't know how people don't move their bodies. And manage ADHD you can't it's not possible you have to move it doesn't have to look like intense exercise every day like just get out and go for a walk or literally anything <laughs> dance I don't know <laughs> like you have to move so, yeah number one number two 100% is like eating healthy right I think I don't notice it every day about eating healthy but I know that I feel better so it's not like I eat my food and then I'm like oh, I'm doing this for my brain I know that when I eat like crap I feel like crap and I've had times where it's like, you know, I've gone out with girlfriends or something. And then it's like, I've had a few drinks on the weekend, just ate all crappy the next day. And then it's like Monday morning, you wake up and you're just like, Ugh, like, Ugh, like life is lackluster. And I'm just like, I don't like living my life like that. I want to, I say this all the time. Like it's life is meant to be enjoyed and we can have what we want in this life and create whatever we want to create. And it comes from choosing that every day, right? Choosing to have fun, choosing to live in joy, choosing what makes you feel good. And so for me, those two things. And then the third one um, that I would say is I do a form of like mindfulness or um, like hypnosis, self-hypnosis, which is just short each day. So uh, hypnosis is like active meditation. So for those who don't like meditation with ADHD, it's just like, okay, you're actually actively reprogramming your brain I do that a lot oh god there's so many other ones but, yeah we'll leave it at that <laughs> those are so good though 
You know, even though there are like all these practices, it usually comes back to the cornerstone few habits, right? Like if these things are semi consistent, then I am feeling a whole lot better. Right. And I, oh my God, when you said exercise, I just was like, I feel the same way. And I didn't realize, like, I think exercise was truly my ADHD coping mechanism for years and I didn't realize it. Like once I got into it and I would always say like, if I don't exercise, I get crazy. I feel terrible. Like I literally, the rate at which my mental health deteriorates when I don't exercise is rapid. It's like anxiety, all the scattered thoughts, everything. And then I can't sleep well. It's just, I completely agree for Mm -hmm. ADHD years. I know everybody's different, but I do think exercise is just, especially for ADHD years, it's just magical, right? Oh my God. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, those are three really good kind of cornerstone habits that can help performance, especially in a business. Keeping kind of on the topic of wellness, like I said, I want to share some different perspectives because people who listen to my podcast, probably they've heard my story and that I got diagnosed at 30 and I had tried all the holistic things for focus. It's so funny. I was looking at screenshots from like 2014 on my phone and I had like five different focus supplements that I wanted to try. And I'm like, girl, why didn't you know that like, this isn't normal? Like you should, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. My brain was just a mess, but my experience was I tried all the holistic things. None of them made a difference for me. And trying medication has been a really positive thing for my life. It's been so beneficial on so many levels, but a lot of people don't have that experience. And so I like to share other people's experiences too, because I think it's super individual and super unique and such a personal decision, whether a lot of people who come to my podcast are people who are newly diagnosed. I don't know. I just think like, like finds like, right. So what's your kind of experience with medication and ADHD treatment? What's that looked like for you? Cause I know yours is a little different than mine, your story. Yeah, disclaimer, this is only my personal story. I'm not a doctor, but um, I was on medication from the age of like uh, 10 or 12, right? My mom is a pharmacist. So I was on medication straight away, honestly, until probably around two years now. And I was on meds probably the last like three, don't get me wrong, they helped me tons throughout my life. I tried Adderall, Dexamphetamine, Ritalin, Stratera, I tried them all (laughs) and I was on the stimulants for a really long time. When I was in school and high school, all that kind of stuff, they really helped me be super productive and um, I would take them only on days that I was studying and I knew that I was personally, I felt every time I would take them, I would get happier. (laughs) And so I would always take them in the morning and I was like, man, these can't be good for me if I feel like I'm happier. And so for probably like a while, I was like, okay, I know I'm going to come off of these. And I didn't know what that was going to look like. And I was like, I don't want to be on them forever. Because for me personally, I knew if my brain wasn't producing that naturally, I wanted to find a way to uh, find solutions for myself to uh, take myself off of them. And so I was talking to my friend. I was living with her at the time. And she would come home from work every day at like, you know, five or six o'clock. And I would just be in my bedroom lying flat on my back, literally bawling my eyes out. She's like, what is wrong with you? I was like, oh, this is just like what happens when my medication like wears off. She's like, uh, 
<laughs> I don't think that's going to be good for you. And I was like, yeah, I know. I've been thinking like coming off of it for a while. And she was like, you know, like just pull the trigger kind of thing. And I'm so glad that she said that to me because I was like, oh, I've been thinking about it literally for years. So it's time. And, you know, maybe I could have gone back to the doctor and like switched my medications up or something. But I was just like, no, I didn't want to do it intuitively. It wasn't for me anymore. That was a hot mess for like, you know, six or seven months after I stopped doing that. I was so stressed out. I had no idea what the heck was going on in my day. What did I do in my day? I had no idea what was I doing, but I was like busy and stressed all day. And it wasn't until I, I thought I was just going to have to life. This is just how it is kind of thing. And then I started working with some transformational coaches. I hired a business coach, um, which helped me with my executive function massively. And then I started doing my own transformational work. And that's when like a light, just like everything started to click for me. Right. And that's why I'm so oh, how much it changed my life. Right. Like I have days where my ADHD is virtually non-existent. Like I don't notice it. And so just the huge change that I've kind of gone through with the transformation in terms of like personally and in my business has like totally changed my, um, you know, there's really good things that you can do for yourself in terms of getting yourself to a new baseline where you don't necessarily have to have the medication anymore. But the meds were a really instrumental part of my journey, uh, self-development, self-growth, all that kind of stuff. And like I mentioned before, trauma work as well was something that helped me manage my ADHD. And yeah, that book, Scattered Minds as well, he mentions in there about medication, which I really like his perspective on it. So you guys will have to read the book for that. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for sharing that. That is, it's just really cool to hear other people's stories with medication. And I recognize that it's not the same for everybody. Right. And when I started medication, the promise that I made to myself, because I was terrified, I was like, I'm so scared to have a situation like what you're talking about. Right. And I said, if this takes away from any other area of my life. So if it is taking away from my emotional health, if it's taking away from my relationships, if it's taking away from all that stuff, right? And like you said, oh, this is just what happens when my meds wear off. I was very conscious and went into the experience saying, if this happens, then I'm not moving forward with this, right? I'm gonna stop taking mm -hmm. it because it's just not worth sacrificing those other areas of our health, right? And those mm -hmm. other areas of our life and happiness to be able mm -hmm. to sit down and focus on something. So I think that's yeah. really inspirational and I'm sure that from all perspectives, like there might be somebody listening to this that is in the position that you were in and afraid to stop and doesn't know what that's going to look like on the other side. So I appreciate you sharing mm -hmm. that like so openly and honestly, because I think that's really cool. And it's cool to see how like, there's no right or wrong with this stuff. You get to choose what works for you mm -hmm. and what feels good to you. So totally. I could talk to you like there truly, I have like a hundred more questions I could have asked you like in different directions we could go with this, but I won't keep you all day. First of all, is there anything I missed? Any big points that you would love to share that I didn't cover just real quick before we No, you did amazing. You nailed it. It was perfect. I really enjoyed podcasting with you and yeah, it's been amazing. Yay. Amazing. Okay. Awesome. Well, last question I want to wrap up with because this is vibrancy with ADHD and I'm sure all the audience can see totally what makes you vibrant, but I love asking people their perspective of what makes them vibrant and see what awesome parts they see in themselves. So what makes you vibrant? <laughs> oh yeah. I totally have this like huge, huge zest for life. And I think that's why I came into coaching, right? I literally, 
I just like savor every moment of life so much. I'm like the type of person who is like always sitting at my desk and then I just like start fully crying because I'm like, I'm so grateful. Like we're so lucky to have so many amazing experiences. And so what makes me vibrant is that I just freaking love so many aspects of life. Even like the parts of life that suck so bad that are like so painful. I'm so grateful for all of them because it's part of the journey of being a human. And when things suck, I still have so much gratitude for them. And so that is what makes me a vibrant is I freaking love life so much. (laughs) Yes. And I would completely agree. And I feel like that totally reads and I could totally see that and feel that in you. And it like just makes you absolutely magnetic and like a freaking force to be reckoned with, right? Us ADHD women, when we can embrace that, we can go big places. So thank you so much for being here and doing this with me. This has been so much fun and tell everybody everywhere they can find you, um, where they can learn more about ADHD business university, all the things, where can they find you and follow you? Yeah. Amazing. So my main place that I live is on Instagram, which is anmarie.espina. And I also have, yeah, my ADHD business university, which is so freaking badass right now. Um, the students who are inside, they're absolutely loving the course, loving the content. It's all set out in a super ADHD friendly way. So all the videos are anywhere from five to 15 minutes. There's no long drawn out hour videos or anything like that. So yeah, it's just for you to going back to like my main purpose of life. I love life so much and I want other people to have the same experience. And so for me, that is business. Yeah, for anybody who's an entrepreneur who is listening, or you don't even have to be an entrepreneur, like please come and message me in my DMs. I love connecting with my followers so much. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been a total freaking pleasure. Yes, and um, I'll make sure to put all those links in the show notes. You guys have to go check out Anne Marie. Thank you again for being here. It was such a pleasure. Thank you.